0: Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director of the American Public Power Association. Today we're joined by Paul Zumo, Director of Policy Research and Analysis at APPA. Paul, thanks for joining us today. And thanks for having me. Sure. Um, So Paul, um, just to kind of get things started, I wanted to know if you could talk about your role um, at APPA and more specifically your responsibilities um, as they relate to rates.
1: Sure. my title is director of policy research and analysis i've been with the organization for i going on 16 years now and a lot of what i do has to deal with uh, statistics and statistical analysis so i do a lot of the surveys for appa uh, but in terms of rate and rate design um more significantly i co-lead our moving public power forward initiative and so under that banner um I'm sort of the lead on rates for APPA, I'm I, uh, the liaison for our rates committee, and we can talk a little bit more in detail about that later. Um, and then I do a number of reports, and I just try to keep track of what's happening in the industry when it comes to rate design, and, and keep track of the latest
0: trends and developments. Great. Um, so just kind of uh, drilling down further in terms of the topic of rates, could you um, discuss the, how development of rates by public power utilities differ from other segments of the power sector, such as investor-owned utilities? Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, they're, they're similar. I mean,
1: they have, they have a lot of the same concerns when they're developing rates, trying to keep, a, keep track of costs and developing rates that are cost-based. Uh, I think there are two significant differences. First, when it comes to rate or, or rate approval – um, most public power utilities are not subject to jurisdiction from state utility commissions. All investor-owned utilities have to get their rates approved by state commissions, and that can be a very long process. If they try to change their tariffs, it could, it could take several years in some cases. Uh, for public power utilities, um, all but a handful um, are independent of state commissions, so they, they, they have their own rate-making authority. Um that's not to say that they can just set their own rates. Utility, public power utilities are governed. There's one, two primary governing structures: either uh, an independent utility board or a city council. In either case, um, that governing board has to ultimately approve rates. And of course, there's often a a public comment period, so the public will will also have its say when it comes to uh, public power utilities changing their rates. But again, it, it allow this this Situation does allow for a lot more flexibility, so public power utilities can set their rates a little more independently and don't have to get um, go through the multi-year process that investor-owned utilities. And then, I guess the other big difference is that investor-owned utilities set their rates so that they achieve a set rate of return. So, they usually, it's somewhere between say eight and twelve percent, maybe a little bit lower, a little bit higher. So, when you when an IOU sets their rates, they they keep that in mind. For public power utilities, it's we're more cost based. Uh, We're not looking to earn a rate of return for shareholders. So their rate, so public power utilities try to set their rates as close to cost as possible. Um, And so I think that's that's the primary difference.
0: Okay, great. So, so, wanted to get your thoughts or your insights in terms of the current trends you're seeing in terms of innovative uh, rate mechanisms and not only the public power arena, but the broader electric utility universe as well. So, for example, I know um, California public power utility SMUD has implemented time-of-day rates. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of innovation in rate design now,
1: uh, and that's for a number of reasons. I think it's for... Uh, because of environmental concerns and looking to incorporate a more distributed energy resources. Uh, but I think the primary innovation we're seeing right now are time of use or time of day rates. Um, these are time varying rates. Essentially, uh, it just means that rates are going to be set so that there's periods of the day where rates are a little bit higher when, um, for, so during peak periods. And then they will be lower for off-peak periods like the evening or early morning. And um, there are a number of public power utilities who've implemented, actually many utilities, across the country have implemented time of use rates either on a pilot or opt-in basis, but uh, a few of our members have implemented default or standard time of use rates, meaning that all residential customers are on these rates. Uh, As you mentioned, SMUD, Fort Collins, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and Tullahoma have, have done this. And we featured a couple of those utilities, Fort Collins and SMUD specifically, in our latest report, moving ahead with time of use rates um, and their experience with uh, implementing time of use rates for the entire residential class. Uh, And so far the experience has been relatively positive. Most customers they, they have found are able to shift their usage so that they can use most of their electricity uh, during off-peak times, so the net effect on their bills for most customers is is either negligible or in some, in a lot of cases, they're finding that their bills are actually a little bit less than under standard rates. Um, we're also seeing a lot in in terms of just trying to meet more of um, uh, to make rates so that they 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 recover more of the fixed cost. And and, and I'll just take a detour here briefly. Um, most costs for for most utilities are fixed. A, a lot of the cost or the, the infrastructure that's already in place. So it's much less variable. The cost is much less variable than you would think. But the rates are set to recover more variable costs. So some utilities have tried to implement demand charges on the residential side. I know Lakeland Utility has done this, Lakeland Electric, and some have done this on a more voluntary basis. So you have demand charges, which are really just meant to co- recover the, the peak usage each month on a kilowatt basis. Um, Some utilities have implemented grid access charges. So what that means is if you have a customer who, say, uses at at the most 500 kilowatt hours in a month, their fixed customer charge may be $5. But if they use, let's say, 1,000 kilowatt hours, that customer charge might go up to $10. So it's just the way to to put more of the the bill on a a fixed level. And then there's a lot of rate changes when it has to do with solar. Net metering, I think, has proven that, for the most part, it, it is a subsidy from customers who don't have solar rooftop subsidizing customers who do. So a lot of uh, utilities are now looking at different ways to, um, to set rates for solar customers we're looking at value of solar Austin utilities, Austin Energy excuse me, in Texas has had a value of solar rate for a number of years. So they, they determine what the value of each kilowatt hour of that distributed solar is and, and they and they try to set the rates accordingly and, and, and the compensation levels. And a lot of utilities are looking at different ways other than net metering to compensate for solar, um, whether to, to just put the uh compensate solar for the energy for purely for the, at the wholesale rate or, or things and things like that. So there's a lot
0: of development there. Okay, great. That's a, that's a great overview. Thanks for providing that. Um, So just kind of switching gears here. um, Could you talk about how APPA helps its members in terms of resources related to rates, whether it's reports or um, other resources? Yeah. uh, As
1: I alluded to before, we have a rates committee. It's, it's definitely called the cost of prices Lister. So we have, um, a well, listserv for people to go on and they could ask other members or ask me questions about what's happening what and comparing best practices and so uh, i encourage anyone who listening who who might be uh, involved in rate design to join the cost of prices listener we also have a committee and uh, that committee meets at the bnf conference uh which is every is held every year in september And so we have a a track dedicated to rate design and and to also load management and to load analysis uh, so that that, uh, we'll be planning uh, the sessions for that in March. And then uh, a a relatively new resource developed a couple of years ago. It's the Rate Design Interest Group, and we meet quarterly. And the purpose of this group is for people to come together and just to talk openly and discuss what's happening, what are the best practices, what are the recent developments at their utilities, and to ask other utility members their questions about rate design and uh, and their opinions. So it's a free-flowing discussion. We hold these meetings uh, quarterly. Um, it's, it's limited to member utilities so that members can feel free to discuss openly uh, some rate design issues. Um, and then we have a number of papers released. I, I mentioned earlier, the, the latest paper is, leader, is the moving ahead with time of use rates. So this, these are the case studies of Fort Collins and SMUD and going ahead with the or standard time of day, time of use pricing, um, and, and just some of the results of their first couple of years of implementation. Uh, last year, we had uh, released a paper called Leadership and Rate Design, um, and it, it's kind of a seminar. We, we, we asked five industry experts to offer their opinions about where rate design should be headed. So, this is a little bit more opinionated about what best pra- practices should be in rate design. And uh, a few years ago, we've also we, we released a couple of papers on um, really reflecting rate design when it comes to distributed generation. So. Um, the paper release, I believe, is 2016, redesign Options for Distributed Generation. Uh, even though it's four years old, I think it's still relevant for, for utilities considering different options. And it also goes through time of use rates, demand charges, and other rates that may be applicable for, for all uses,
0: not just for when you're considering how you're reacting to distributed generation. Okay, great. Uh, well, Paul, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And we'd um, love to have you back on, on the podcast at some point this year, given your portfolio of, of every everything else you cover besides rates. I'm sure there's plenty for us to talk about um, in the uh, at some point this year. So like I said, we'd love to have you back. Thanks again for taking the time. All right. Thanks for having me on again.